Good people of Trim Healthy Mama, welcome to the potty once again. Uh, Producer John here, still filling in for the mighty Danny Valdez, who is still goofing around somewhere in California. Danny, we hope you and your family are, are, are safe and having a good time, and I know everybody misses you and is looking forward to you coming back. Um, we had an amazing podcast last week with a very special guest who is here with us again. So without further ado, here we go. This is The Potty with Serene and Pearl. Get it right, P-O-D-D-Y. Thank you, John. That was good. Getting better every time, John. I don't think Danny better watches. Danny better start practicing in front of the mirror. (laughs) Hey. Nate is back. He already practices in front of the mirror. (laughs) Hey, brother Nate is back. If you all tuned in last week, and if you didn't, please go do that because, man, we learned some interesting things about this. You know, part of our business is now being established in Guatemala, and we talked to brother Nate here. He's the person that introduced us to this amazing country and about his ministry where – Hey, your finances are going to be going there and when you buy our products. it's not just like a ministry, like a fake ministry that's tied uh-huh. up with a bunch of bureaucratic mm-hmm. stuff where if 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 ever there was a, a donation, it would just go to a bunch of office buildings and, and yeah. paper cutting material. <laughs> yeah. It's a real thing. It's the real yeah, thing. And it's impacting lives. So um, Brother Nave is here and I want to just jump right in to what you're doing Nate there um, and why you're doing it it's it's hard to talk because there's so many good I mean you're a missionary you have got so many missionary friends right yes they're doing good work they're doing amazing work uh, and there's a lot of people that are doing have incredible hearts and think they're doing good work and want to do good work Mm. they just might be doing it in the wrong way and you're saying this as someone who whose parents were missionaries you were born into missionaryhood. You've seen pretty much it all. Your dad was the head of missionaries, right? <laughs> you've seen it all and you've found out you've had life crises. I mean, you've basically had meltdowns over this of what, you know, you're spending your life and maybe this is not doing what we hoped it was right. doing. And, exactly. And you, last party, I mean, I was so moved to tears when I yeah. saw, when you explained that picture of, you know, those boys that you, you wanted to help you, you snapped that picture and then every one of them apart from one had died and it was a moment where you said, Never something's got to change. Yeah. Right. And um, that's why I'm so excited yeah. that, that, you know, Trim Healthy Mama, we've partnered up because this, what you're doing is making an impact. Can we talk about a hard subject? Can we talk about toxic charity? That was a word that you said to Serene and I when we were over there. Well, that's something um, a friend of mine from Tyler, Texas, gave me a book uh, called Toxic Charity uh, by the author Bob Lupton. He runs Inner City Ministries in Atlanta. He wrote a second book called Charity Detox. And so the, those phrases aren't, aren't personal to me. They're out of these books. But it's basically what I felt all my life on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So when I read the book, I was like, that's exactly how I've wanted mm-hmm. to express myself, just haven't known how. Mm-hmm. But the idea is, <clears throat> we all know the old phrase, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach him how to fish, he eats for a lifetime. What happens mm-hmm. if he contaminates the lake? Mm-hmm. He can't fish anymore. Mm-hmm. What happens if the rest of the community notice that he's making a living fishing, so they all start fishing and outfish the lake? And so the whole premise is that you have to do a community development aspect. Now, mm-hmm. We just had this massive eruption in Guatemala. 
um, I was just right now looking in and uh, in, in seeing how uh, the rescue people are finally two, three, four days later are getting to the village that was so devastated that people hadn't even been able to get there because of devastation. Now, right now, at this moment, those people need food, water, shelter, and new clothes because they lost everything. Yes. That's immediate. That's now. But three, four, five months down the road, they need, they don't need food, water, shelter, and clothing anymore. They need their lives rebuilt. Mm-hmm. They need new jobs. They need new homes. They need new hope. They need new education. They need another medical center. They need another um, uh, school for their kids. And so the problem is, is that um, handouts are so easy to give. Mm. You hand it out. You feel like you've done something. But have you really? I mean, the kids standing on the traffic uh, intersection, mm. if you give them a buck, have you really helped that kid? Well, when because we were there, we asked you about food, you know, and, and I'm like, do you feed them? And he's, you, you said, no. You, no, you do not do food. You said, tell me what you said about yeah. that. He also said, and we would bring, you know, mission groups down yeah. from America. We do not let them pick up the trash you, you because said they need to people, learn to pick up their own you trash. You said these people have to do for themselves or nothing will change. Right? Yes, that you have to help them do for themselves what they can do for themselves. So, yeah. for example, if I go into their neighborhood and they're not willing to pick up the trash in front of their own house, yeah. why should I pick up the trash for them? Mm. I'll pick up the trash, and then they'll come back tomorrow and drop trash out in front of their house again. So I'm not teaching them how to take care of their own neighborhood. Yeah, I'm just going in there and, t- and teaching them that, well, every so often a group of white people are going to come down on a mission trip and clean up our neighborhood for us. Yeah. Whereas if I can teach them how to do it, and, and well, not even teach them how to do it. They they know how to pick up trash. But if I can instill values, get right? them to instill the values in them, and that's what you're doing with the the, mm-hmm. the very young, because once exactly. once they've established their their mm-hmm. life in these gangs or whatever path they're leading, it's like you said, it's too late. And so you're with these the ones that you can still reach. This is for the future. Mm-hmm. This is for the future. This is transforming the community as a whole. Like I mentioned last week, some of these families that we helped, they got, you know, they stopped drinking, they improved, they got some job training, they got better jobs, they got ahead in life, they they had an opportunity, they ended up doing better, they had to move out of the neighborhoods. Yeah. Because the rest of the na- community was so poverty stricken mm-hmm. that they were looking at this one family. Well. We want to come in, and so Ingati Ministries, the ministry that Claudia and I run, has come in, and and we work on multi-levels within the community. So Guatemala City, metropolitan area, is about 8.5 million people. Zone 18, as I explained last week, is a zip code in Guatemala City. Within the zip code of 18, there's half a million people. Within that zip code, there's one neighborhood called the Paraiso neighborhood of 30,000 people. Mm. And so we work within the neighborhood, we work with the community by doing block parties, by um, one of the things that we did years ago was we built some stadium seating on the municipal sand lot that they used to play soccer on. So we built 10 steps of stadium seating just right there in the middle of the neighborhood. It was right in the middle of gang territory. Mm-hmm. And and there's two rival gangs, and one was on one side of the soccer field, one was on the other side, and sometimes we had to wait for the forensics to clean up uh, oh. for us to be able to continue construction. Oh my God! And uh, uh, but we built this stadium. That's for the community. 
that's what's allowed the community. Uh, that's what has allowed us to be in the community mm-hmm. because the community seen that we came to serve them, to help them, to be a blessing to all of them. And then within the community, the, within this neighborhood, there's three, four elementary schools and one middle school. So there's 1,800 students in the elementary schools. And there's 350 students in the middle school, and there's no high school. Really? Because yes. they're in the gangs. What? Right? Well, just because the government never built a high school in the area. So what do the kids do at that high school stage? Well, many times they end up joining the gangs because there's nothing else for them to do. They're, they're getting jobs. Many times they've okay. been killed by then. Um, it's just a vicious and cycle. And you were saying with wow. these young ones that you're you're nurturing, right, Before yes. they, so that they don't join gangs, you're giving them a pathway to a better life opening so many more doors to them you were saying you know i said like well do you go in and feed i mean you you said we give them nothing unless they do right so it's all reward based right it's all reward based so one of the things that we do so we work with the 2000 students in the schools uh, by helping improve the schools we don't do anything directly with the students we teach the teachers how to do better job at teaching classroom management um, material preparation, different things like that. We've improved the physical quality of the schools by painting some of the mm-hmm. classrooms. Right now we're in a project of building some preschool rooms mm-hmm. to be able to house another 200 preschool students just to open up more opportunity for students to come in. We want to eventually build a, an area for more middle school students to give more opportunity for them to study. But um, with the families, with about 50 families, we have a program where the moms can sign up voluntarily. It's not forced, but if she wants to sign up, she can. And so um, they can register with us, and then they have to, throughout the year, we offer 12 classes. They have to attend at least four classes, and these are family value classes. What we found is that most of these moms are so excited about the classes and learn so much that they'll come to five, six, seven uh, of the of the 12 classes. And then throughout the year, they have to do 20 hours of community service in the school their their child is registered in, and then at the next school year they get a, their school supplies for free. Wow! And so we're not giving them school supplies now. Right. Churches and organizations in the U.S. many times give us school supplies, and that's what we use to give back to them. But they have to earn it. They and the have same to, with the boys that you're working with. And the same thing with the boys. So the the next level down are these 45 boys that we work with on a daily basis. Um, we have a young man named Manuel Fajardo that grew up in the neighborhood. He's one of 11 kids. I've known him since he was seven years old. I've seen him go through the whole gamut of emotions and battles and challenges of living in this, this neighborhood. And he now directs our neighborhood program. Oh, that's so great. Hey, how old is he? He's 28. Oh, wow. He's single, by the way. Um, (laughs) But he's uh, he runs our boys program in the neighborhood. So every Monday he does Bible study with these boys. Every Tuesday, uh, the boys get an English class that we're doing. And then on Wednesday, the boys that are in our program have to go out and do community service hours in the neighborhood. Uh, we have a young man, um, just graduated landscape design from the University of Georgia that's designing some murals and some uh, park and recreation activities that we want to develop in the neighborhood that these boys will then do. That way, they're the ones painting the murals. They're mm. the ones building the they playgrounds. They feel like they're building something. And then something. it's theirs. They're building yeah. their town. They're building their neighborhood. Yeah. They're building their and then, stuff. And then they get 
you, then you guys bless them with th- with things to yes. enrich their lives. And so then if they come to Bible study on Mondays, they come to English, English class on Tuesdays, they do their community service hours on Wednesday, then Thursday they have permission to come play on the iPads. Mm-hmm. And throughout the year we'll have three or four different weekend retreats where we take these boys on a weekend retreat where they get to go to some of the parts of Guatemala where they may never have gone to. Yeah. Uh, and then once a month, we'll take them to the movies, to ice cream, to pizza. But they are earning every step of that. And and yeah. for the first time, you are seeing success with these boys not joining gangs, right? Yes. Um, and that's the hugest thing. That's the hugest thing. Because then they're not going to grow up, beat wives, get women pregnant, rape, and kill at least yes. 10 people. Yeah. Yes. And so we see we see these boys and there's a group of boys that that were little kids when we started building the soccer field mm. that are young men now and they're not perfect. No. Uh they're 20 somethings but they're not in gangs. Isn't that I incredible? Love it. I love Listen, it. Listen, you could have gone into so many of us have given and so many so many of our mamas have the hugest hearts and Spon- like things like just to sponsor a child, you know, you send money every month and then you get a little update and you're feeding and clothing and schooling them. Why, Nathan, have you not done that? And what have you seen with that? Not to say that's a bad thing. Obviously, it's very good in some areas, but I know that as a missionary's kid, you chose not to do that. I've seen uh, I've seen both sides of that yeah. story of the organizations in the states that collect the money, the organizations in in the other countries that then distribute mm-hmm. the money. Um, and some are good, some are not as good. Um, too often it's just handouts. Yeah. And, and what does handouts change, right? You're just always handing out for the same problem because this, yeah. the problem just keeps repeating itself. And we, we did that at one point, and And it got to the point where I realized that the families, and they're smart. God Mm -hmm. gave them a brain. Mm -hmm. They can figure things out. Well, on Monday, they would pick up their bags of bean and rice at this handout spot. And on Tuesday, they would go to that spot. And Wednesday, they'd go to the next ministry. And Thursday, they'd be at the next ministry. And that was just what they did, you know, the first week of every month. they just go and pick up all their handouts. And then they'd have excess and they'd sell it. (laughs) And, um... Then they'd just be with their hands sticking out. And so, you know, we would take food baskets to people and they'd get this food basket and they'd be like, oh, this food basket's so wonderful. Ever since they brought me the last food basket, I've been praying for the next one because we were about to starve to death. It's like, well, why don't you go get a job? Right. Are you just going to expect the mission teams to come every month and bring you a food basket? Um, And it just... And then the children growing up in the home learn how the parents are providing the meals just by begging and then it's a generational and it's really hard to touch on this because many of us have sponsored children many of us and we want to do the right thing and this is close to our hearts so this is hard to talk about even isn't it well one of the most important things I think with any organization is to make sure that the child is studying and getting ahead yeah um if it's just passing out food to pass out food um I have my concerns with it. Now, like I said previously, there are moments where there's a natural disaster, there's a war, and there's immediate need for food, water, shelter, and clothing. And right now in Guatemala there is, yes. In Guatemala, in the two villages that were devastated by the the volcano. But it wasn't all of Guatemala. The rest of Guatemala is perfectly fine. Yeah. 
Um, but in those two villages, there's a need for immediate food, water, shelter, and clothing. Hey, you're listening to The Party with Serene and Pearl, and I'm Pearl, and who are you? <laughs> Serene. <laughs> now, you have some, some of your children, some of your boys actually don't really have a proper place to live. When, when we were there, you showed us this home, and you've got all their beds ready, right? They don't have a parent. They don't have parents, and there's nine. We went to this house. There's nine beds already. They're beautiful. They, these, these boys could come and live there, but you said we can't do it. Why not? Well... Yeah, we work with the boys we work with have at least one parent, right? However dysfunctional their family yeah. may be, and so some of these boys may be living with mom, but mom's living with her third, fourth, fifth man. Mm-hmm. Um, this man, he's not this boy's dad, so he mistreats the boy yeah. many times, physically uh, beats the kid. Um, some others are in such desperate situations that they're just living in squalor, and they can barely barely feed themselves much less a couple other kids uh or one of the things that happened recently is we had a a a one young man that lived with his mom and next door some gang members moved in and they've since recruited him so i've lost the boy um i bet that ate you up that kills me Mm. that he was one of the boys that had a whole lot of promise Mm. And to think that there's, Mm. I haven't lost hope, Mm -hmm. Mm. but to think that he was enrolled in school, he was doing amazing with his grades, he was moving forward, and these gang members moved in next door, he started smoking pot, Mm. and dropped out of school, Mm -hmm. and now has a girl pregnant. It just happened. And it just, all Mm. over again. And if I could have pulled this young man out of that situation. Right. And the environment. Him, now, he was still living with mom, but mom just can't handle him. Yeah. And we have a house. We have it set up for nine boys. Uh, it's not an orphanage. We don't work with no. orphans. But if we could temporarily house some of these boys and pull them out of a situation like that where they might need to come stay with us for three months, a year, two years, five years, whatever. Right. And give them that refuge and that breath of fresh air away from the gangs. Mm -hmm. The one thing that we're missing are house parents. Uh, We need Spanish-speaking couple that's married and has a passion to work with um, teenage boys from rough neighborhoods in Guatemala City. Yeah, so we we told Nate, listen, should we even mention this today? You know, what if you get a lot of requests and you're like, no, not those, not those. And we're like, but what if God has arranged someone who's listening today mm. to be those house parents for those boys? And we said, Nath, could it be just like two young guys, you know, yeah. ready to go be missionaries speak Spanish. And, and speak Spanish? And, and Nathan, you were like, no. It has to be a couple because we want to model what mm-hmm. the way I'm. First of all, we want to model what a family's supposed to be. Yeah. But also, we want to show them what a how a man is supposed to treat his wife. Yeah, that's beautiful. in a spiritual aspect. Yeah. What how a man is supposed to love her and cherish her and take care of her, and how the wife's supposed to nurture and love and and respect her husband. Beautiful. And we've it. been to this place. This house is amazing. It's beautiful. There are nine beds there. 
hey, you you can you can bring your children right if you're a married couple and God's putting this on your heart and you're the one that's listening today. You know, you can have children too, yeah. right? But there will you be nine children, other boys. There'll be nine other boys <laughs> with you as long as you don't mind having nine boys in your house and, with and, your own children. <laughs> and Nathan, um, he's waiting for the right. Right, people, and yeah. this will probably just be the start, right, of many homes. And this will be the start of many homes. Our vision, we actually have property to build about 15 homes mm. where we can have nine boys in every house and have this a place. like overlooking Guatemala. It's yeah. absolutely yes. beautiful. Yeah, and God provided this house, so it's amazing. You know, the, amazing. and it will come, even if it's not someone today, Nathan, I, I fully believe that it will happen. I do too. And so yeah. if God puts it on somebody's heart, they just go to his website, right? Yeah, just... yeah, yeah. Let's talk about where a woman going to find out more about um, your ministry. So uh, we can, we've got our website, which is uh, ingadiministries.org. Uh, Ingadi being E-N-G-A-D-I ministries. Dot org and also Facebook, so facebook.com, Ingadi Ministries. And, and, and can you just share, it was a beautiful uh depiction when he he was talking about Ngadi it's a it's a word from the Bible and it's to do with David and 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 young boys can you describe that for the listeners so uh first Samuel chapter 22 David is running away from King Saul who's trying to kill him right so you can just imagine that here's this young man who was a shepherd who has been anointed the king of Israel future king of Israel has killed Goliath is in the pinnacle of his popularity uh, doing amazing things, but yet he's being hunted down to be killed. He's heartbroken. He's away from his family. He's He can't go back to his hometown because he knows that they're going to kill him there. And he's running away, away just completely destroyed internally. And he, the First Samuel 22 says he hid in the cave of Adulum. Adulum is a cave in Israel, which is in a region of Israel called Ingadi, mm-hmm. or Ingedi, or I believe is the way they translate it into in, into English. In Spanish, it's in Gadi with an A, and in English, it's in Gedi with an E. Mm-hmm. But anyways, this part of Israel, 1 Samuel 22, says all the young boys that were in trouble, distraught, indebted, with problems, misfits, all the boys described by um, the kids in Zone 18, came to David. He became their leader. Now, the next few chapters of David's life are lived out in the wilderness of Engadi, where these troubled, distraught, and dead young boys became the mighty men of Israel. Isn't that amazing? The leaders mm-hmm. that I transformed Israel into the great nation it was. That King there David. just moves me so much. Mm-hmm. Just the prophetic uh, power But, but beh- you know, there's so many correlations, Serena, and I've been talking about that whole, you know, going to Guatemala and that experience. We just felt something very like God's hand upon it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just your ministry is called Engedi. And My child Serena just, adopted five children. They named, and it's such a rare name, they named one of their ch- children Engedi. I mean, all these <laughs> correlations, it's like we were meant to cross paths. And mm-hmm. Stacy right oh, yeah. here is standing right here. Oh, Stacy. He's, he's, you know, Stacy. Come, can you come say hello? Because talking about missionaries, Stacy has worked for us since the beginning, right after John came on, okay? He, um, he's our contact in China. He was a missionary in China. He, His nickname used to be Google because yeah. you had to just ask him and he knew everybody yeah. and everything. <laughs> but um, he is here. He's the one who um, connected us with Brother Nate. And he, um, 
he is just a heart for mission still, but he works with Trim Healthy Mama. He sources so many things for you. He's the one that connect us with the beautiful farms in China where organic stevia is growing. Mandarin. Fluent Mandarin. Um, can you just come say hello, Stacy? Because the woman have never met you. Yes, and John John's giving little THM fun fact. Stacy and I were the uh, first THM T-shirt models. Um, and th- thankfully, none of those pictures ever went public. But, um, but please, please bury those pictures. A big donk really, across the really chest deep. or something. That's so funny. I, I am so. I'll put your face right next to this, Stacy. I am so excited for everyone to hear uh, Brother Nathan's uh, testimony and and the the amazing adventure that Pearl and Serene and Sam and Charlie had with him in Guatemala. Um, this is only the beginning. I think you're, y'all are going to hear uh, many more just wonderful um, stories of, of work, good work um, in ministry and at Trim Healthy Mama um, through uh, these wonderful folks. And um, I'm going to hand this back to uh, Pearl and Serene, but I just wanted to say, uh, Nathan, uh, thank you for being here. I know that uh, you're family have traveled a very long way to spend time with us and and it is a blessing to see you again brother thank you it's good to be back in tennessee oh yeah and Um, everybody in this room man it's just so awesome we we live in we almost die together i mean (laughs) stacy was the one that went to sedan with my husband yeah and um yeah there was some interesting times with the big knives the machete in that brandishing a big machete about to to slither before we go and do our superfood spotlight serene and we and we better hurry I know. I want people to be um, aware now that you've you've had a bit of a history of what Brother Nathan's doing. They're actually making a movie yes. about yes. basically your ministry and what's going on there. Well, there's a movie supposedly coming out this fall in the theaters called Small Group, and uh, it's about us, you know, a life group, small group, family group, whatever you call it at your church, but a small group of people that get together in a church and have Bible study together. And it's about that small group that then takes a mission trip to Guatemala. Yeah. And the mission trip they take to Engadi Ministries. And we filmed it right there in the middle on this soccer stadium that mm-hmm. I talked about mm-hmm. in the middle of gang territory um, with actors and Hollywood cameras and everything. Um, several of the boys that are part of our ministry star in the film as well. And it's a, isn't it based out. on the life of one of your boys then, like the main character or something? Uh, no, it, the 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 storyline is fictional, although yeah. the ministry is real. Yeah, and so and it's your ministry. It's our ministry. Uh, one of the, the character Sam is based on my life. Oh, someone um, plays you. Someone plays Were me. Were they good this looking? Famous. <laughs> he was. He was a Puerto Rican guy. Oh, and you're white as they so come. So I'm. A, I'm as white as you get. But it. it uh, Nelson Bonilla did an amazing job. Uh, portraying the ministry leader. And this is probably coming to the movie theater, right? Yes, we're hoping it g- gets into the movie theater. You got to go and bring your your coffee and sit. Get your Weiwei coffee and watch small group movie coming to theaters as well. Oh, that's so so great. So um, just thanks so much, Nathan, coming Mm -hmm. all the way from Guatemala and coming to talk to these women who will be buying, I mean, probably, if they're coffee lovers, (laughs) the coffee where we almost died to get there with you um, on the top of that mountain. And our chocolate is coming. chocolate will be coming soon to make the chocolate bar even better and And so Nathan's hands will be all over the coordination of that because – 
Let me tell you something about Nathan. When he was there, we understood why he's having such an impact there. Serena and I look at each other like he, he's so white looking, but he's so Guatemalan. And whenever you spoke to the people, your love would just shine through and you would make them laugh. Everywhere you yes. went, you were speaking in, in the Spanish like, like you were laugh. born there, you know, and they were just laughing and... You know, cutting up and patting you on the back. And I just, you connect with them like just, it's it's a gift. Well, I told my dad when I was a young teenager, I said, Dad, this is where I'm going to live all my life. Yeah. And I just knew then that my heart was in Guatemala. Yeah, and you married a beautiful Guatemalan mm. woman, Claudia. And you, you were yes. so proud of your country. That's your country, not even the U.S. Guatemala is your country. It is. So we feel so blessed to to receive these things that beautiful Guatemala grows and um, bring them in. Mm. Yeah. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for letting me come in yeah. and share what God's doing in Guatemala yeah. and the beautiful country that I'm from. And so go on Facebook and like like the, and what is it, and Getty Ministries page. And Gotti. And the website and go check it out. And we, we'll have more updates. But Serene, time for Superfood Spotlight. Trim Healthy Mama Superfood Spotlight. What are we doing? Sweet potatoes. Oh, yum. They're like caramel. Mm. They're like the most, do you know, actually, they are so nutritious. They're one of the most nutritious vegetables. Well, anytime you see a vegetable that has that much color in it, God is telling us, Mm -hmm. eat me. I know. Sorry. I'm eating right now. Well, she's not eating sweet potatoes. We're sampling some of the uh, blue baked corn chips we get from Guatemala trying to refine you know that Refine recipe? is a bad word. Tweak. Thank you. Until we get them right. Mm-hmm. So we're just in the midst of going back and forth. Brother Nate's helping us with his translation to get these uh, chips so that you're going to love them. And they're so good. Ooh. Hey, but we're talking sweet potatoes, Serene. <laughs> Stop sweet crunching on corn chips. One of my favorite foods. I know. Health benefits. So let's talk about why you want to eat them. Vitamin C. Yes. Magnesium. Potassium. I mean, you name the mineral. Beta carotene. Oh, so healthy for you. And they don't spike your blood sugar like regular white potatoes. No, they're much lower on the glycemic index, and that's why we put them in your emails. You know, white potatoes, they're, they are much more of a um, – they cause an insulin surge in your body just because they, um, they're faster to ignite your blood sugar. So that's why when we when you first come to Trim Healthy Mama and, and we're, you know, you want to slim down, so we say for your emails, have sweet potatoes because they're gentler carbs then – once you're in maintenance mode, maybe you can handle a, a potato, white potato in crossover mode now and then. I, I certainly can. I don't overdo them, but I do have them here and there. But yeah. we focus at first on sweet potatoes. And you know what? I love them even more. I, I tell you what, I, I don't even have white potatoes, not because I don't think I can handle them, because I just love me some sweeties. Isn't it funny, though, that sweet potatoes have a natural sweeter taste than white potatoes, mm-hmm. and yet they're lower on the glycemic index? And some of the ways to enjoy them. Okay, so you you might be able to throw a few crossovers in your plan. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're at the just the S and E, um, you know, just freestyling with S and E. And I tell you what, some of the ways I love them as an E is when you just kind of like um, not saute with oil, but you kind of just fry up in in a little water and all the own onion juice or the onion, some onions and some tomatoes, some luscious um, non-starchies that give off. Liquid. A, liquid. 
and then pour that over a sweet potato. A it's cooked like, sweet potato? Yes. How, hold on. You're not describing this well. How did you cook your sweet potato? Oh, you could bake it. You could boil it. You could do whatever. But have yourself some luscious Oh, okay. So you pour those over, yeah. and onions, like a natural gravy mm. with some salt and some cumin and some parsley, and you just flood it in there, and maybe one teaspoon of MCT or coconut oil. It's brilliant. It's heaven, Because people. you need, you, what we're saying is with a sweet potato, you sort of need succulents with it. You don't want yes. it dry. But I don't find them dry anyway. They're not dry. White potatoes can be dry, but sweet oh, potatoes aren't. They're not. They're caramel. But you put extra sort of silkiness on them. Mm-hmm. They go even further. They're like oh, kicking it up a notch. You know, here's how I love them. I do love to bake them. And then, although some people say the glycemic index goes up a little when you bake, but they're lower anyway. And so... Hey, you know what? Don't sweat that small yeah, stuff. we don't sweat it. Um, so I, I do love to bake them and I love to open them up. You then do, put, do you? I do. I put one teaspoon coconut oil. I put cayenne pepper and Bragg's. Oh, my goodness. Then I get some cucumber, chop it really finely, mm. put that in. Then I get some um, tuna. They match a zingy tuna they do. salad. I put my tuna on the side and then I get some little sweet potato with the cucumber and every bite and put a little bit of tuna mm. in every bite. It is heaven on a plate. Yes, a really zingy tuna salad and a baked sweet potato with little goodies like that you described is one of my family's favorite meals and it's so quick. It could be a lunch or it could be a dinner for the whole family. Hey, or maybe you're one of those sweet people and you want to put a little gentle sweet and mm-hmm. some cinnamon and like one teaspoon of coconut oil and then you want your protein to be like a um, almond milk and, and chocolate whey on the side. I know. Go for it. I know. So you don't even have to have but that crossover? meat on the side. Oh, Do you want to drown it in coconut oil? Or butter. Oh, my or red palm oil. That's yeah. I mean my family's African half. Yeah, so man, when I was pregnant with autumn, I craved sweet potatoes and I would drown. I remember this was a craving of mine. Is that I would why have she's sweet so like talented and smart. <laughs> I and don't know, but she is a smart girl. But I have sweet potatoes, drown them in, in coconut oil, Bragg's and, and cayenne pepper, because that's my thing. Then I have boiled legs on the side with parsley. It was a it was a weird craving. But sounds delicious <laughs> to me, was but just I'm amazing. your DNA. It was the most amazing crossover ever. Um, so sw- we're going on and on like yeah. it's like the first 600 jolly whatever page book. We can be done, but eat your sweet potatoes. Don't forget them. They're really, really healthy carbs that are going to pep up your health. Oh, we forgot to talk about when the skin gets caramelized and how delicious and, mm. and just the jacket is all kind of yummy. Oh, the jacket itself could take 10 minutes People on just its praises. People say they peel their sweet potato or they want to take this, their peels off the side should be in prison. There's special prison for those sorts of people. If that's you, uh, I guess we'll learn to love you. We'll forgive you somehow. Hey, see you guys here next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.